This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network or find us on socials. Seize Your Adventure is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. Hello adventurers, I am Fran Tarowskis and you are listening to a bonus birthday episode of Seize Your Adventure. For two years now, this podcast has been sharing stories from adventurous people with epilepsy and making this podcast has taken my life in a direction I never thought about. I have learned to make a number of different types of episode on this show This series, we've had a lot more chats with new adventurers and these chats are so much fun to have. Being able to connect with people who fit into that niche of epilepsy and adventure. Let's face it, it is a niche which none of us really want to be in. If we could adventure without epilepsy, that would be awesome. But I do think that people that occupy this little niche tend to be pretty incredible. And the people I have spoken to astound me and encourage me to try new things, including making my first ever running race, an ultramarathon. But my favourite episodes to make have to be the storytelling episodes. They are very labour intensive. They can take months to write, record and edit together, picking the right music and making sure the narration fits into the rhythm of that music. So we haven't had a storytelling episode in season two, but I'm very happy to be able to bring you this bonus one today. We're going back to our very first storyteller, Jade Nelson. And Jade approached me with the story at the end of 2019. So for one reason and another, it has taken basically a year to pull it together. But this story is as meaningful now as it was when it was written and at a time when many are confined by circumstance and having to do adventures closer to home, there are some really great lessons in this story as well. Enjoy. Each morning for the past four years, I drove to the park with the dogs. We hiked the trails of Onion Creek, often trying to fit in exercise before having to take on the day's responsibilities. Sometimes we would take our time at the creek and get there before dawn, sitting in the darkness, listening to the water and watching the sunrise over the rocks. During those silent walks, while Duke and Blue darted on and off the trail, I would think about my epilepsy diagnosis. I asked myself often, how would you feel if you had a seizure again? Could you emotionally and mentally handle it? Would it feel like everything was falling apart? Would epilepsy have control? Being seizure-free for those four years, my life had been pretty ideal, aside from the daily reminders to take my medication and conform to a ketogenic diet. Epilepsy hadn't been actively controlling my life for some time. It was a form of peace, and it allowed me to live with more ease. I believed the train inside me called epilepsy was silent. The train was how my eight-year-old self described what my seizures felt like. The loud sound in my brain as a seizure began reminded me of a train coming down a track. 
The building of a seizure inside left me paralyzed, like I was laying on a train track trapped. The apex of the seizure was what I imagined being run over by a train might feel like. I hope to never experience it again. Slipping out of the bathtub, onto the floor and into the seizure, I smell an undefiable smell, that weird tingle in my nose unique to me. I see the arcing sparks in my eyes, feel the deep heaviness of my right arm, and the familiar sound of a train barreling down the tracks that is straight for me. I let go. I let the seizure in. I have two thoughts. The first, amusingly practical. I am supposed to get on a plane in less than 24 hours and celebrate my 40th birthday in Maine. The second, philosophical. This feels different. Where is the fear? The fear that normally grips me is missing. It's weirdly peaceful. Could this be a benefit of the ketogenic diet? A chemical change calming the fear and quieting the anxiety? Or has age and experience through past seizures simply brought a new understanding? Perhaps it's both of these things. I find myself on the bathroom floor trying to orient myself. The instinctual response, I need help, gives me focus. I start to drag my limp body, pulling myself into the living room, searching for my phone. As I reach for the phone, a second seizure tears through me with the force of a freight train. My back arches, and I'm out of control as my face smashes down towards the cement floor. I'm afraid now. And then it's quiet. On the 21st of August, 2019, I had two seizures. After the seizures, I woke up in a puddle of drool, my dogs looking at me. The room was spinning, my head was pounding. I could only think, this really happened. I sat on the floor in silence. No cry, sob, or howl escaped my lips. The deep cavern of emptiness and animalistic cry that typically welled up in me after seizures didn't come. Sitting on my living room floor after having two back-to-back with Duke and Blue watching over me, I waited. But I felt peace, and I understood then that the recovery this time would be vastly different from the past. I realized that this recovery could look how I wanted it to. I was in control. I had all of my life experience, my nutritional approach, and a magical mindset that I had honed and crafted since my diagnosis. I got up and decided that regardless of the seizure, I was going to catch my early morning flight to Maine. When I returned from my trip, I went to see my neurologist. After the seizure, it meant no driving for three months. It meant hiring a driver and trusting someone to stick to my schedule. It meant taking the bus and learning to slow my schedule to the transit system. I had to order groceries to be delivered and learn to have patience with details I have no control over. 
choices, sacrifices, and life changes were ahead. And my activities and outdoor adventures with Duke and Blue were about to shift as well. It was time to slow down, conserve my energy, and allow my body and brain time to bounce back. I needed to focus on the acceptance of what was right now, even if that meant more downtime closer to home. Without the ability to drive, there were no more park trips with the dogs, and I missed the Onion Creek mornings, watching the deer in the field and wandering the trails in darkness, brushing spider webs off my face while Duke and Blue chased shadows in the bushes. So we took jaunts through the neighborhood instead, out the door before sunrise, hearing the roosters crowing nearby in someone's backyard, walking in the muggy darkness of the morning before the rest of the world was awake. I could focus on the peace around me, the quiet and slowly waking neighborhood. Together with Duke and Blue, we found a hidden RV park, a local school with a huge field, and learned how to outrun a pack of dogs. Our favorite find was the tiny curved street that felt like we were walking into a dark forest. Each time we walked it, we rounded the corner and climbed the tiny cement hill that raised my heart rate ever so slightly. Duke and Blue would often find discarded food or their favorite tree to mark on, but I could imagine I was walking in Yosemite. In the evenings, after the sunset, we joined our neighbor Sybil on walks. She often told me she needed exercise and I needed an excuse to get out of the house. Sybil lived around the corner and like me, she had two big dogs named Izzy and Mamas. Sybil had always loved hearing about my adventures, my travels, my work, and whatever exciting project I was working on. We were an interesting pair to see walking down the street. I have a fair share of tattoos, minimal makeup, hair piled on my head, and look like I'm always in the mood to work out, constantly in my sports clothes. But Sybil is a hardcore 80s era fresher chick that loves heavy metal. She loves to wear black, always has a concert shirt on, rows of earrings in each ear. On our walks, she would carry a can of seltzer water in one hand, a stun gun in the other, and pepper spray dangling from her keychain. The neighborhood sidewalks were often cluttered with garbage and junk, and I would walk slightly ahead, keeping an eye out for obstacles so Sybil wouldn't trip. After my seizure, my energy was lower, so Sybil often took the lead or slowed her pace to match mine. She'd been the sole caretaker for her dad, but the months of recovery from my seizure coincided with Sybil's grief from her dad's passing, and we often walked in silence in the cover of darkness, engulfed in the heavy August air. We listened to the nightly activity of our sketchy neighborhood. Sometimes it was fighting, fireworks, or the occasional gunshot. Other nights, it was complete silence. We would break the silence to talk about loss, sadness, and what we wanted in life, and our individual futures. We were each other's sounding board, armchair therapists providing support, healing, and holding space for each other as we walked through our own personal changes in life. I shared the personal adventures of learning to understand my epilepsy now. Sybil's grief lessened.
These walks gave me perspective and reminded me that life isn't a sprint or even a marathon, but a very long walk. I came to realize I had been racing through my life trying to accomplish everything. Why? Because subconsciously, I'd had a fear that a seizure was just around the corner and it would stop me in my tracks. But with my recent seizures, the train inside me did not derail me. It carried an opportunity to shift my approach to life. It focused my appreciation on different things. My neighborhood, the bus system, Sybil. It let me see my diagnosis through a different lens. I no longer need to fight against the struggles I may face after a seizure or live my life in hyperspeed. I have an understanding that it is simply something that happens and that a seizure isn't the end, but a reminder to slow down. I will always have epilepsy. It is like a train track running through the landscape of my life. And sometimes it will be quiet and sometimes it won't. But the train inside me is more than a description I came up with at a young age to explain how a seizure feels to me. It signifies a constant determination, the engine, the drive inside me that keeps me pulling even when the hills are high and the train is heavy. A Change of Track was written and read by Jade Nelson. Music was by Toilet Roll Tube, Joshua Empire and Texas Music Forge on freesound.org and the train noise was recorded by me. Thank you for listening to today's episode and that is the very last one of this season. Season three is going to sound a little bit different and the trailer for that will be out in March for you. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss that when it drops in the spring. If you cannot wait until then, perhaps consider signing up as a patron. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash seize your adventure, you'll find some more information. Patreon is a website that lets you support creative ventures. I'm currently getting about $41 a month from my patrons and that is paying for the email and the website domain. So I'd just like to give a shout out to my patrons, Catherine, Peter, Damiana, Jeannie, Mark, Chris and Leah. Thank you all so much for trusting me with your money and putting it towards this podcast. It means so much to me. If any of you listening want to become a patron, all patrons at any level will be added to the exclusive Seizure Adventure newsletter and your name will go on the about page on the website as well. You might also hear your name in a future podcast. One last thank you for today goes out to Frankie York. Frankie, you are a beautiful person and a fab assistant. Frankie actually told me a few minutes ago that after her episode about surfing with epilepsy, she got in touch with the International Surf Association and they are actually going to be sponsoring her to complete a course in adaptive surf coaching, which is really awesome. So congratulations, Frankie. I look forward to hearing more about that in the next season. 
Thank you all for listening to this season and the last two years. And until March or a Patreon episode, safe adventures, everyone. That is my medication alarm. (laughs) Every night, 10 o'clock, I still forget. Right, let's try this again. This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network.